You know, as I was uh, reading through the book of Acts the other day, there was a phrase that literally jumped off of the page at me. It's found in verse 1 of chapter 8. I want us to read that this morning. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 1 in the New Living Translation. It says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. It says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, say except the apostles. That's the phrase that just literally jumped off of the page at me. All the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. So I want us to notice this morning that when persecution broke out and the saints in Jerusalem were targeted, they immediately began to flee. They all ran, everyone that is except the apostles. The apostles were the exception. Now, there are two schools of thought as to why the members of the early church in Jerusalem scattered when persecution came. Uh, One school of thought is that they just did what Jesus told them to do in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, when Jesus said, you're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And Jesus said, then you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And then he lists in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of of the earth. And, and, and where did these new Christians flee or scatter to? Judea and Samaria. So, so I don't know, perhaps they did flee to these places in order to fulfill the command of, of Jesus. That was certainly the result of their persecution. But I ask you this this morning, that is why didn't they go into Judea and Samaria before the persecution broke out? I might have to think, was it fear and not obedience that caused them to scatter? Well, perhaps it was a little bit of both. In fact, that is my personal opinion. But what we know for sure is the basis of my message today, and that is this, and that is that the apostles were the exception. The apostles were the exception. They, they didn't flee. They didn't scatter. So my challenge today is this, and that is who among us will be the exception? A little help today. Come on. I said, who among us today will be the exception? See, see, anyone can be a part of the crowd. Anyone can blend in, but who will be the exception? Who is willing to stand out? Well, I want to suggest three requirements that we will absolutely have to meet in order to stand out, in order for us to become the exception. So let me say that first of all is this, and that is to be the exception will require faith. Yeah, if we're going to be the exception, it's going to require faith. Now, now I'm not saying that those who scattered didn't have any faith. I'm not saying that. But I am suggesting that the apostles had more faith. I am suggesting that it took more faith to stay than to scatter. See, here's what I believe, and that is faith will help you stay when others leave. Faith will help you stay when others leave. When persecution broke out against the saints in Jerusalem, all the saints fled Jerusalem, everyone except the apostles. They stayed while everyone else left. 
So here's the question that I have this morning, and that is what will we do? What will we do when persecution breaks out against the church of today? Well, listen to me this morning. Listen, it has already began to happen. The church has been targeted. You see, you see who we are and the principles that we stand for are absolutely, totally opposite of the modern agenda being propagated today. Mainstream society today is against everything that we are for. We're in the way. We're in the way. And because we're in the way, we have been targeted and it has only just begun. What are we going to do? What will we do? Will we go along in order to get along? Will we compromise our beliefs? Will we compromise our values? Will we run and hide? Or will, or will somebody be the exception? Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. What do you do? What do you do when you are with your friends or you are with your family? What do you do when they start saying something or they start doing something that, that you are not comfortable in your spirit to be a part of? Do you go along with the crowd or do you stand out in the crowd? Are you the exception or are you a chameleon? The chameleon lizard is able to change its colors in order to blend in with whatever the surroundings that it is. Are, are we the exception? Are we willing to stand, stand out? Are we willing to be different? Are we willing to stand for our values and our beliefs? Are we willing to stand for the word of God or are we a chameleon? I ask you this morning, is there any difference in the way you live your life than in the way sinners lead theirs? Let me ask you this this morning. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence in your life to convict you? See, to be the exception will require faith. Now, now please don't hear what I'm not saying. I, I, I'm not saying be, uh, to act superior and self-righteous. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not telling you to be judgmental and pharisaical. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let your conduct and your consistency be your witness. Let me say something else here this morning, and that is this. Faith will help you walk away from the security of your comfort zone. Faith will, will help you to walk away from the security of your comfort zone. In Matthew chapter 14, the story is recorded where Jesus walked on the water. Isn't that an incredible story? But that's not the most impressive part of the story. Uh, I mean, he's Jesus, right? He's Jesus. We would, we would expect nothing less of Jesus, right? That's, that's not the big thing about this story. The big thing about this story is that Jesus wasn't the only one to walk on the water that day. Peter also walked on the water. So here, here's my point. There, there were 12 disciples who were riding in the boat that day, and all 12 of them could have walked on the water. Do you believe that? All 12 of them could have walked on the water. Hey, hey, was Peter any more special or any more gifted than the other 11? 
Not at all. He was a blue collar, go to work every day, ordinary kind of a man. He was a fisherman by trade. But I tell you that when it came to faith, at least on this particular day, he was the exception. Can I tell you that the most successes that I've had in ministry, the most fulfillment that I have ever felt in ministry came when I was willing to do what other pastors were not willing to do. To go where they were not willing to go, to accept the challenges that they were not willing to accept. The times when I was willing by faith to move beyond my comfort zone to walk on the water, so to speak. Now, please, I'm not trying to make myself look like some great man of faith. That, that, that's not what I'm saying this morning. I'm just saying that it might be scary to be the exception. It might be a little scary to be the exception. It might be a little bit lonely to be the exception. I mean, the, the crowd doesn't walk on the water, Right? But oh, listen, it is also very exciting and very fulfilling. Man, can you even imagine how Peter must have felt while walking on the water? Oh, knowing him and knowing his personality, he probably did a little bit of moonwalking and showboating. Man, I, I, I can imagine him having the time of his life out there walking on the water. I don't know, he might even turn back around to the boat, to the eleven back there in the boat and said, nanny, nanny, boo-boo. I don't know, but I'm sure he had a good time out there walking on the water. The other eleven were, were content to ride along in the boat. They were unwilling to leave the security of the boat. Just sit in the boat and float along. But there was an exception that day, and his name is Peter. And Pete, and only Pete, was able to add water walker to his resume. Oh, I'm telling you this morning, to be the exception will require faith. But not only will it require faith, but I also believe, number two, to be the exception will require faithfulness. Four of the most faithful people recorded in the Bible are found in the book of Daniel in chapters 3 and six. These four people were Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were definitely the exception. All four of these young men remained faithful to their God and to his laws and principles in the face of unprecedented pressure to do otherwise. When everyone else was going along in order to get along, when no one else was willing to rock the boat, even though the boat was, the boat was sailing in the wrong direction, but these four, these four stood out and became the exception. And they took a hit because of it. It cost them dearly. But if they were willing to pay the price to be the exception, they remained faithful. Here's what I know this morning, and that is the faithful will prioritize the sacred. The faithful will prioritize the sacred. Daniel did. Daniel did. Daniel was a man of prayer. He, he prayed. He met with God in prayer three times a day. Now, if you remember the story, King Darius was tricked into signing into law a decree that, that, that stated that nobody could pray to a God and no one could ask help from anyone but through him. 
What a prideful, prideful thing. And, and, and the story goes that the punishment for breaking this law was to be thrown into a den of hungry lions. And everybody obeyed this law with one exception. Daniel. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 10 says, even though Daniel knew about this law, he went home and he opened his window toward Jerusalem and he knelt down and he prayed and he gave thanks to God as he always did. Daniel remained faithful. Oh, listen, friend, to be the exception will require faithfulness. The faithful will prioritize the sacred. Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But I ask us this morning, do we? Do we? Do we prioritize the sacred? Is God first in our lives or do we just try and find a little spot for him? Try and find a little corner for him? Do we just try and squeeze him in somewhere? Oh, if it's convenient... Oh, I ask you this morning, are we faithful to his house? Are we faithful to read his word? Are we faithful to spend time with him in prayer? Are we faithful to him with our financial tithe and offering? Are we most or not? Most or not? He's not priority in most people's lives and friend, not even in the lives of most Christians. But we're not talking about most today. We're talking about the exception. We're talking about the exception. I ask you this morning, will you be the exception? The faithful will prioritize the sacred and and the faithful won't surrender to pressure. In Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Yorshak, I mean Horshak, I mean Abednego... They refuse to surrender to pressure. You know the story. A statue had been erected and a law had been passed that required everybody to bow down. Oh, when the music is played, everybody is to bow down to the statue and worship the statue. And everybody did. When the music was played, everybody bowed down. But there were three exceptions. Three exceptions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to surrender to the pressure to bow. Even though they were aware of the consequences of remaining faithful to the one true and living God. But, but, but listen to their response found in Daniel chapter 3 verse 16 and 18. Oh, they said to the king, bowing, bowing before this, uh, bowing before this image is not even a consideration. We don't even have to think about this thing. Bowing is not even a consideration for us, they said. We're not even tempted to bow. They said, because our God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know that we still will not bow before your idol and we will not serve your God. Listen, to be the exception will require faithfulness. The faithful won't surrender to pressure. Oh, but how about us? How about us? Are we the exception? Or do we surrender to the pressure of the crowd that we're with at the time? Oh, my subject today is the exception. Listen, anybody can blend in with, oh, only a few will be willing to stand out. 
To be the exception will require faith. To be the exception will require faithfulness. And finally, to be the exception will require a fight. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, we find the very familiar story of David and Goliath. The giant Goliath was challenging the soldiers of Israel's army to a battle. Goliath, he was the best of the best in the Philistine army, and he was challenging the best of the best in the Israelite army. But everyone in the Israelite army was too afraid of this giant, and rightly so, he was a giant. And they were afraid of this giant and afraid to accept the challenge until one day, the exception showed up. Day after day after day, this this giant came into the valley and taunted, taunted the armies of Israel and made fun of Israel and made fun of their God and challenged anyone to a fight. And, And yet they all cowered down until the exception showed up. And he wasn't actually even in the army. In fact, he wasn't even old enough to be in the army. But when he, David, when David heard Goliath's challenge, when he heard Goliath mock his God, and when he discerned the seriousness of the situation, David stepped out of the crowd and volunteered for special duty. Nobody else was stepping forward. Everybody else was was hiding and hoping that the giant would just go away. But David decided to be the exception that day, even though he knew that to be the exception was going to require a fight. But not only was it going to require a fight, but he was going to have to have the fight of his life. He was going to be fighting against a literal giant. There are two things that we can learn from this battle, and the first one is this, and that is we must recognize the significance of the battle we are in. David did. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 9 says, Whoever wins this battle, their opponent and all their people will be their slaves. David became the exception that day because, because he recognized the significance of the battle. Do we? Do we? John 10 and 10 says, the thief or the devil comes to steal. He comes to kill and he comes to destroy. Friends, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. Satan is fighting like he has never fought before. Because he knows his time is short. And he's trying to bring down the church because he knows the potential of it all. So he's trying to divide it over politics or divide it over the moral failures of some of the the leaders of Christianity or a host of other things that he's using to try and bring down the church. At least divide it. He's trying to destroy our faith. He's trying to destroy our fundamental beliefs. Oh, listen to me this morning. Listen, listen. He's in an all-out war for the souls of our children and youth. Trying to confuse them and cause them to question every biblical value. 
because he knows that the church is just one generation away from extinction. But oh, you hear me this morning, people. Hear me this morning, people. The American dream and the good life has rocked far too many Christians to sleep. The Americanized version of Christianity that turns Jesus into some kind of Santa Claus who hands out gifts and candy and toys to everybody. This Americanized Jesus who recognizes or who who requires nothing from his from his followers. An American Jesus who only wants to bless us and, and never, never corrects or disciplines us. An American Jesus who, 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 one who seems to look the other way when his people sin. Christians in name only. No change in lifestyle. No difference between saint and sinner. Oh, hear me this morning. Too many Christians today are choosing comfort over character and casual Christianity over commitment. The church has moved from extreme legalism to extreme liberalism. You hear me this morning, friend. Satan will not win the war. But he is winning far too many battles. Did you hear me? I I said the devil will not win the war. We've read the end of the book. We win. Jesus wins. Oh, the church will not go down. The church will survive. Jesus said, I'm going to have a church in the gates of hell. Will not prevail against it. Hear me this morning. Listen, listen. The devil is not going to win the war, but he is winning far too many battles. And friend, we better wake up and recognize the significance of the battle that we are in. Because so much is at stake. So therefore, we must use our spiritual weapons to fight with. David did. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47, David said to the giant Goliath, said, you come to me with all of your natural weapons. You come to me with your spear, your shield, and your sword. But oh, I want you to know, Mr. Giant, that I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. David said to Goliath, you're coming at me with your brute strength, and you are a giant. You are loaded with it, and I'm no match for you. But my God is... And I'm coming at you not in my strength, but I'm coming at you in the strength of my God. Oh, friends, how big is your God? I said, how big is your God? How powerful is your God? Listen, listen, we cannot be the exception in our own strength, but we can in his. Did you hear me? I said, there's no way that we can become the exception in our own power, in our own ability, in our own, in our own strength. We can't do it. We can't do it. The giants are just far too big for us, but we're not coming to those giants in our own strength and in our own power, but our power comes through the power of almighty God. And when we come in the name of the Lord, of the host, the God of all gods, the only true and the living God. Oh, we can know that we can bring down those giants. 
In Ephesians chapter 6, we're told to put on the whole armor of God. But the armor is for protection. The armor is for defensive purposes, and this is absolutely awesome. But listen, we can't win our battles with just the armor. We can only survive with it. Did you hear me? I said, we cannot win our battles with just the armor. We can only survive with it. We also need some offensive weapons. It's those offensive weapons that we use to win the battle with. And thank God we have some. We have many of them. Two of our weapons are are listed in Ephesians chapter 6, and they are the Word of God and prayer. But the question for the moment is this. Are we using our spiritual weapons, or are we just hiding inside our armor? Yes, we've got the whole armor of God. Thank God. From head to toe, we are covered with the armor, and that's wonderful. And that's great, but that's only great for defense. And too many people are only putting on the armor and then hiding in the armor. Listen, it's not enough to put on the armor of God. We also got to take up the weapons of God and not only hide in our armor. No, no, no. We need to, we need to be the exception and we need to take the word and prayer and praise and faith and all of the weapons that God has provided for us and use our spiritual weapons to win the battle with. The question is, are we using our spiritual weapons or are we just hiding inside our armor? I believe God is wanting to raise up some exceptions in this house today. Some people who will step out of the crowd, step away from the mediocre masses and be the exception. But understand this, friend, to be the exception will require a fight. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. It's a question, and the question is, will you embrace the norm or become the exception? That's the question this morning. Father, I just pray today, God, that you will take this word this morning, oh God, God, may it challenge our hearts today. Oh, God, forgive us if we've allowed the cares of this life and even the joys of this life to rock us to sleep. We're in our little comfort rocking chair, rocking along when there's a fight that needs to be fought. And even if we're not even in the battle ourselves, maybe maybe there are sons and our daughters that we know are in the fight or our grandsons and our granddaughters, and we, we need to step up and fight for them.